Wonderful night for a story, isn't it? Good evening, dreamers, and thank you for joining me for tonight's episode of Dream On Demand, the show dedicated to testing DreamCorp's newest bedtime stories to see which tales put you to sleep the fastest. I'm your host and your rest ringleader, Somnia. Last time, we left our chap as he started on his journey to Wild Island, stowing away on the ship sailing to Tangerina. But before we jump back in, an announcement. We just received a report that a nightmare has been found in the Dream Vaporizer. Fortunately, the on-duty staff were able to stop the process before most of the nightmare fluid could be vaporized. Executives are still unsure of how much of the surrounding region has been impacted. So, although I can't reveal details, if neighbors or friends mention a bad dream of being chased by a pair of glass slippers with the voice of their mother, please contact the Department of Nightmare Detection with their information. Leadership also suspects a spy from Nightmare Corp may have infiltrated Dream Corp. If you see a fellow employee acting suspicious, such as scheming while tapping their fingers together or laughing maniacally, please report the incident to the nearest Dream Security Officer. Now, without further ado, let us continue My Father's Dragon by Ruth Styles Gannett. Chapter 3 My Father Finds the Island My father hid in the hold for six days and nights. Twice he was nearly caught when the ship stopped to take on more cargo. But at last he heard a sailor say that the next port would be Cranberry and that they'd be unloading the wheat there. My father knew that the sailors would send him home if they caught him, so he looked in his knapsack and took out a rubber band and an empty grain bag with the label saying cranberry. At the last moment, my father got inside the bag, knapsack and all, folded the top of the bag inside, and put the rubber band around the top. He didn't look exactly like the other bags, but it was the best he could do. Soon the sailors came to unload. They lowered a big net into the hold, and began moving the bags of wheat. Suddenly, one sailor yelled, Great Scott! This is the queerest bag of wheat I've ever seen. It's all lumpy-like, but the label says it's to go to Cranberry. The other sailors looked at the bag too, and my father, who was in the bag, of course, tried even harder to look like a bag of wheat. Then another sailor felt the bag, and he just happened to get a hold of my father's elbow. I know what this is, he said. This is a bag of dried corn on the cob. And he dumped my father into the big net along with the bags of wheat. This all happened in the late afternoon. So late that the merchant of Cranberry, who had ordered the wheat, didn't count his bags until the next morning. He was a very punctual man, and never late for dinner. The sailors told the captain 
and the captain wrote down on a piece of paper that they had delivered 160 bags of wheat and one bag of dried corn on the cob. They left a piece of paper for the merchant and sailed away that evening. My father heard later that the merchant spent the whole next day counting and recounting the bags and feeling each one, trying to find the bag of dried corn on the cob. He never found it, because as soon as it was dark, my father climbed out of the bag, folded it up, and put it back in his knapsack. He walked along the shore to a nice sandy place and lay down to sleep. My father was very hungry when he woke up the next morning. Just as he was looking to see if he had anything left to eat, something hit him on the head. It was a tangerine. He had been sleeping right under a tree full of big, fat tangerines. And then he remembered that this was the island of Tangerina. Tangerine trees grew wild everywhere. My father picked up as many as he had room for, which was 31, and started off to find Wild Island. He walked and walked and walked along the shore, looking for the rocks that joined the two islands. He walked all day, and once, when he met a fisherman, he asked him about Wild Island. The fisherman began to shake and couldn't talk for a long while. It scared him that much just thinking about it. Finally, he said, Many people have tried to explore Wild Island, but no one has come back alive. We think they were eaten by wild animals. This didn't bother my father. He kept walking and slept on the beach again that night. It was beautifully clear the next day, and way down the shore my father could see a long line of rocks leading out into the ocean. And way, way out to the end, he could see a tiny patch of green. He quickly ate seven tangerines and started down the beach. It was almost dark when he came to the rocks, but there, way out in the ocean, was the patch of green. He sat down and rested a while, remembering that the cat had said, If you can, go out to the island at night, because then the wild animals won't see you coming along the rocks and you can hide when you get there. So my father picked up seven more tangerines, put on his black rubber boots, and waited for dark. It was a very black night. My father could hardly see the rocks ahead of him. Sometimes they were quite high, and sometimes the waves almost covered them, and they were slippery and hard to walk on. Sometimes the rocks were far apart, and my father had to get a running start to leap from one to the next. After a while, he began to hear a rumbling noise. It grew louder and louder as he got nearer to the island. At last, it seemed as if he was right on top of the noise. And he was. He had jumped from a rock onto the back of a small whale, who was fast asleep, and cuddled up between two rocks. The whale was snoring and making more noise than a steam shovel, so it never heard my father say, Oh, I didn't know it was you. And it never knew my father had jumped on its back by mistake. For seven hours, my father climbed and slipped and leapt from rock to rock, but while it was still dark, he finally reached the very last rock and stepped off 
onto Wild Island. Chapter 4 My Father Finds the River The jungle began just beyond a narrow strip of beach. Thick, dark, damp, scary jungle. My father hardly knew where to go, so he crawled under a wahoo bush to think, and ate eight tangerines. The first thing to do, he decided, was to find the river, because the dragon was tied somewhere along its bank. And then he thought, If the river flows into the ocean, I ought to be able to find it quite easily, if I just walk along the beach far enough. So my father walked until the sun rose, and he was quite far from the ocean rocks. It was dangerous to stay near them, because they might be guarded in the daytime. He found a clump of tall grass and sat down. Then he took off his rubber boots and ate three more tangerines. He could have eaten twelve, but he hadn't seen any tangerines on this island, and he could not risk running out of something to eat. My father slept all that day and only woke up late in the afternoon when he heard a funny little voice saying, Queer, queer, what a dear little dock. I mean, dear, dear, what a queer little rock. My father saw a tiny paw rubbing itself on his knapsack. He lay very still, and the mouse, for it was a mouse, hurried away muttering to himself, I must smell Tum Duddy. I mean, I must tell somebody. My father waited a few minutes and then started down the beach because it was almost dark now and he was afraid the mouse really would tell somebody. He walked all night and two scary things happened. First, he just had to sneeze. So he did. And somebody close by said, is that you, monkey? My father said, Yes. Then the voice said, You must have something on your back, monkey. My father said, Yes, because he did. He had his knapsack on his back. What do you have on your back, monkey? Asked the voice. My father didn't know what to say, because what would a monkey have on its back? And how would it sound, telling somebody about it, if it did have something? Just then, another voice said, I bet you're taking your sick grandmother to the doctors. My father said, yes, and hurried on. Quite by accident, he found out later that he had been talking to a pair of tortoises. The second thing that happened was that he nearly walked right between two wild boars who were talking in low, solemn whispers. When he first saw the dark shapes, he thought they were boulders. Just in time, he heard one of them say, There are three signs of a recent invasion. First, fresh tangerine pills were found under the wahoo bush near the ocean rocks. Second, a mouse reported an extraordinary rock some distance from the ocean rocks, which upon further investigation simply wasn't there. However, 
more fresh tangerine pills were found in the same spot, which is the third sign of invasion. Since tangerines do not grow on our island, somebody must have brought them across the ocean rocks from the other island, which may, or may not, have something to do with the appearance and or disappearance of the extraordinary rock reported by the mouse. After a long silence, the other boar said, You know, I think we're taking all this too seriously. Those pills probably floated over here all by themselves. And you know how unreliable mice are. Besides, if there had been an invasion, I would have seen it. Perhaps you're right, said the first boar. Shall we retire? Whereupon they both trundled back into the jungle. Well, that taught my father a lesson. And after that, he saved all of his tangerine peels. He walked all night, and toward morning came to the river. Then his troubles really began. By the dawn, that was close. The moral of tonight, don't let her dreamers. You never know who might find it. Still awake, are we? Well, as is mandatory for all DreamCorp employees, if you are still awake, be sure to fill out the comment form as to why the sweet dream sand fell short. Anything will help DreamCorp improve for a better tomorrow night. And if you did fall asleep... <laughs> and this has been Dream On Demand. And to all my dreamers, nighty-night.